Good morning. Good morning. Glad to see you guys today. We are in week three of our series, All In. Week three of our series, All In. And uh, that worship was so good. Um, I love, love worshiping. I love singing these songs uh, with you guys as a church. And um, we're going to dive in uh, real quick. If you have a Bible, open up to uh, Mark. Open up to Mark. Go ahead and flip over. That's in the New Testament, Matthew, and then Mark. If you don't have a Bible, you'll be able to go right to your phone, your Version app, and you'll be able to type in. Um, you'll be able to go to live events, and you can follow along with the scripture with us today. And um, we're, yesterday was amazing, and um, I love having church. And sometimes we think church is this. Church is the songs, and it's the music, and it's the, it's the words. But it's not just that. It's the serving. It's the helping people. It's the loving people. And so, but I'm glad we get to do this. I'm glad we get to do this today uh, together uh, with each other. Um, we've been in a journey together uh, of, of what it means to be going all in. And so we looked at week one, and we looked at this. Jesus went all in for us so we could go all in for him. Jesus went all in for us so that we could go, we could go all, all in for him. And so we want to be, as a community, we want to be all in with God. Uh, we want to be all for God. We want to be going towards him. God has a great plan for our life. He wants to use us in a great way. We want to bring all glory to God, and we want to do it because of what he's done in our lives. But we believe that we can go all in because Jesus went all in, all in for us. Week two, we looked at this, that our decision determines a destiny. Our decisions or our decision determines our destiny. If you're gonna go somewhere, you gotta make a decision that you're gonna, you're gonna go somewhere, that you're gonna, you're gonna do something. If you're gonna be something, if you're gonna do something, you gotta, you gotta speak it, you gotta tell someone. Sometimes when I get these visions from God, when God says, hey Wes, I want you to go here, I want you to do this, I'm afraid to tell somebody because I know if I tell someone, I've gotta follow through with the plan. I've gotta do something about it. And so I, I know for me that the decision decisions or decision determines destiny. And I want for us as a community, for us to be all in, all in with God. I love the passive scripture that we used last week. Isaiah chapter 54, verse two, the Bible says this, enlarge your tent, enlarge your tent, get some long ropes, drive some stakes down because this thing's about to blow up. It's about to go down. It's gonna get bigger. It's gonna be incredible. And it's gonna, it's gonna, be, it's gonna be good. You gotta, you gotta get ready. But I told you guys last week, if we're gonna go, if we're gonna go outwards, if we're gonna prepare for more, we have to drive down some, some deep stakes. We have to have some strong ropes. The higher you go, the bigger the foundation. The further out you go, the further the ropes gotta go to make sure this thing is secure. And um, I grew up as a, um, my dad's here somewhere. I grew up as a, um, a landscaper, landscaper son. Uh, yesterday I was, a weed whacking over at Matthew's Hope, and the guy goes, hey. I looked over, and he's like, and I looked, and I was like, you know? I was like, well, he's like, you need some glasses on. I'm like, you sound like my dad. Did my dad send you here? Uh, that was my first thought. My second thought was, mind your own business. I'm a grown man, you know? And, uh, but he's right. But every time I was weed whacking yesterday, I was like, God, please let something flash in my eyes. And so I, most of the, the job probably looks terrible because I was, my eyes were closed, you know. I was just, I didn't want that stuff to kick back in, into my face. But I, I know this, um, I, I know better. I, I, know to, I know to do that. But whenever we would plant these big trees and they were young, we'd put out some stakes in the ground. We'd put some long ropes and we would pull that, the tree each different ways so the tree would stay tight so that it would, it would grow upwards. If you've built a building before, if you built a house, if you have a two-story house, you know that the foundation has to be deeper than the foundation for just a, a one-story house. And if, I told you guys last week, for the Eiffel Tower to be as tall as it is, it has to have a foundation and a base to support that direction. So we know that we're gonna, if we're gonna go somewhere, if we're gonna have a destiny, that we have to make a decision to go there. We have to get ready to, to jump. We have to get ready to jump. But today I wanna talk to you out of, the, um, out, of, um, 
out of a different topic, and I want to talk to you guys today about commitment. Because I wrote down this today that you need to get this for, for your mind. Without commitment, nothing happens. Without commitment, nothing happens. My friends, um, Megan and Jacob are, are here today, and, and um, I, I, I didn't go to men's night. I, I have a, a, just a moment of transparency with you guys. Frustration, discouragement. Um, I'm upset at my brother. Um, kind of like a church thing I need to talk about. I'm going to church discipline him in just a moment. And um, <clears throat> I, he... he I didn't go to men's night, but he's like, don't worry about it. I'm going to go to men's night. I'm, at least we got to have at least one beach in there. And typically, I don't like my brother to go places. Wherever I'm out there, supervise him. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's one of those brothers. Like, you just know that he needs some supervision. You know, he's like my twins. You know, I'm like, he's like, I'm going to go. I got us. And so when he, when he got there yesterday or went out to men's night, he's like, bro, we had a great time. We had an incredible time. It was a blast. And he's like, I, I let them know that if you ever mention CrossFit again, I'm going to mute you. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to mute your life, you know? And so he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mute you. But my friends, uh, Megan and Jacob are here today. And if, when you're up here, and if you were up here, you would talk about things that you like and the things that, that you would love, and, and you would try to bridge a gap. But Megan and Jacob are here today. But there's a thing in CrossFit that, um, that, that we do, that we do a lot of. It's, it's, called, a, it's called a box jump. And I remember watching uh, Megan. She's, she's been CrossFitting for a while, and I try to stay with her at 9 a.m. hour. But I, I was watching her do a box jump, and it's kind of scary because it's a 20-inch or a 24-inch or a 30-inch jump. And it takes some, it, it takes some, it takes a commitment to be able to, to jump there. You know, you can have a decision like, I, I'm going to, I, I want to jump up there. Or that's, that sounds like a good idea or, or maybe or idea. I, I want to do that. But you got to make a, you got to make a commitment if you're going to jump. But if you don't make a commitment, then nothing ever happens. And I believe this, there's a lot of people where nothing is happening in our life because we're never, ever making a commitment where we want God to do something great in our lives, or we want to see some cool things, or we want to be a part of, we want to enlarge our tent, we want to drive some stakes, we want to let out the rows, but we, we make a decision, we want that, but we don't ever make a commitment to it. If you're going to do something, you've got to make a, a, a commitment. You've got to, you've got to you, you can have a decision to do something, but unless you commit to it, then you're never, ever, ever going to do anything. I love it, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, the Bible says this, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things that we cannot see. Let me read it to you one more time. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things that we cannot see. Let me read it to you one more time. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. I kept on reading that verse over and over again to myself the other day, and, and as I begin to read it over and over again, I've preached the Hebrews chapter 11, and it's an awesome book of the Bible, this, this one chapter. It's called the Faith Hall of Fame, and some of the greatest heroes of our faith are in this passage of Scripture. I'm like, man, this is good. That'll preach. But I kept on reading that over and over and over again to myself, and what God showed me this, just, just reading this over and over again, but your commitment is tied to what you see. Your commitment is a result of the way you see. Commitment is the result of, the commitment, I'm sorry, commitment is a result of the way you see. So I wanna unpack vision today. I wanna unpack this idea of vision because I think a lot of people never make a commitment because they never can see beyond. They can never see a lot of things that God has for them. It's their vision, there's a vision there's a vision problem. I went shooting this week, and um, I was telling, uh, telling um, Brent about this today, but I went shooting, and, and the guy's like, do you know how to hold a gun? I'm like, barely. It was a shotgun. So I was like, I've seen the movies. You just, you know, I was like, I got this. 
do it the way we do it in the movies, you know what I'm saying? He's like, you gotta, you gotta tuck it in your shoulder and you gotta, you gotta put your face, you gotta put your cheek on that gun and, and you gotta use that. And we were shooting, we were shooting clay, these clay discs and, and the first one went out there, I was like, boom, missed it. I'm shooting, I'm missing. I'm miss, I am just missing. He goes, hey, Wes, I said, what's up, bro? He's like, do you know if you're right eye or left eye dominant? I said, I don't know, I'm a gangster, you know what I'm saying? I just wanna shoot this gun. He's like, well, the goal is he actually hit the clay. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. So he says, you need to figure out which eye you're, when I found out this past weekend that I am, I'm left eye, I'm left eye dominant, but I'm right-handed, which poses a problem. So he's like, you need to, he's like, you need to shoot left-handed. I'm thinking, man, I don't think I can shoot left-handed. I'm like, I'm not left-handed, I'm right-handed. Like, I know I'm right-handed. Like, he's like, you just need to try it. Well, he's like, just, just trust me. And I'm like, all right. So I take the gun and I slide over to the left hand, left hand side and he said, now, cl- now close your right eye. I was like, no problem. Like, I, can't even, like, I can close my left eye if I go like this. And it'll stay down. I can get it to stay down for a little bit, but not very long. But he's like, now close your right eye. I want you aim that thing. And he goes, and, and you see it coming to your, your vision. You, you just pull the trigger. And then he said, the next one you got to lean a little. Well, man, I started smoking those things. I was just like, poof, poof, mic drop, you know. And you got six shots. But if I hit two in a row, I was like, I'm done. I, I'm done. I like to stop while I'm ahead, you know. And, and I go to the next one. He's like, hey, let's shoot this. So I'd be 75% like, I'm done. I did, I'd, never, I'd never, from the moment I hit the first one, I never got all six shots per station because I was like, man, I'm going to, like 50% is good, 75% is even better. Like I'm not going to mess up my, my streak. So I would, I would stop there. But I, I was out with, with these guys, and I realized that if you can't, can't shoot something, yeah, you can't see. You can't shoot, you can't be somewhere that you want to be if you can't see it. And so I want to talk to you guys today about, about your vision. Um, in, in 1983, Cliff Young, 61 years old, Cliff Young decided he was going to run an ultra marathon in Sydney, Australia. 540 miles, seven days of running. That's a lot, right? Come on, like how many of you know if you've ever ran before? You know, running to the bathroom sometimes takes a long time, you know. But I, I, I remember when I ran my first 5K. I remember when I ran my first 10K. I remember, I remember when I ran my first half marathon. I've never, ever said, I can't wait to run a full. I can't wait to run 26. Once you run 13.1, for me, I was like, that's good enough. That's long. But I can't imagine getting my mind around a 26 point whatever marathon. But he ran a five, six, seven day marathon, an ultra marathon, 500 and 40-something miles. Well, he showed up to go up to start the, the, the race, and um, my, my friend's here today. She's a runner. She's like, oh, that's no big deal. But what, um, So he shows up. Cliff, he's 61 years old, and he's wearing his farm clothes. He's wearing some overalls. He's wearing some those big rubber goulash boots. He's like, hey, I want to sign up for the race. Cliff Young, 61 years old. You can, you can Google the story, and it'll be the legend of Cliff Young. And 61 years old, he says, hey, I want to run. It's like, you can't. The guys all around him are Nike shirts, Nike pants, Nike socks, Nike shoes, Adidas, Adidas, Adidas. They're, they're looking the way I look when I go out to run. I, you want to make sure if you can't run good, you want to look good, you know. And so he's prepared for this. He's prepared. He said, I'm ready to go. And they said, Mr. Mr. Young, you're not, you're too old for this race. He's like, have you trained? He goes, yes, I've done some training. He goes, what was training? He goes, when I was younger, my dad owned a bunch of cattle, and I would go out, and I would chase the cattle together. And I would get him, he goes, I'd go out there and do that for days to get all these cows. We, we had lots of cows. We couldn't afford a tractor, but I would get all these cows into this pen. And he was like, they were like, wow, that's incredible. He's like, well, we, we really want to discourage you from this. He's like, no, I'm doing it. I'm entering, I'm entering this race. Well, he, their race starts, and everyone's out, and they're running. And old, old Cliff Young, he's just shuffling his feet, 61 years old. He's just doing the best he can. They, they, they called him the, the Cliff Young Shuffle. And he's just shuffling his feet along. Well, he's running. He doesn't see anybody the first day. He can't find them. 
day two, nobody. They said they, they stopped him in the marathon. He was stopping people come to him. They would give him food, and he would eat some food. You could see a view of him drinking a glass of milk, and they would say, he would say, hey, where are they? Where are all the people at? Where are all the runners? He goes, Mr. Young, they're sleeping. He said, what do you mean? He goes, you're supposed to, these, these guys that train, they run 18 hours, they sleep six. Well, Cliff Young said, I'm not, I'm not sleeping. I, I, was a, I, was, I, used to, I used to be on a ranch. I can get all these things to show up. I don't, I don't, really, need, I don't really need your help. I can, I can do this without, without going to sleep. He didn't do it the way everybody else did it. Well, that, a few days later, Cliff Young passed the group. And he kept on going, he kept on going, and he won that ultra marathon in, in, in 1983. And he beat all the other runners. He beat all the other runners by nine hours. How many of you know, they asked him, what, what, how'd you do? He goes, I, I was just, I was committed. I, I knew where I was, I was going. They said, Mr. Young, when do you think I'll finish? He goes, I, the one lady stopped him in their video. I'm like, when do you think you're going to finish? He goes, I think I'm going to finish tonight or tomorrow, somewhere, sometime tomorrow. He knew that he was going to get to the finish line. He knew that he couldn't get there if he stopped. He had to keep on going because he, he had been there before. So I want to tell you today that you've got to, you'll never do anything unless you stay, stay committed to it. I wrote down a couple of quotes that you, could, that you could write down today or take a picture with your phone. But most people fail not because of lack of desire, but because of a lack of commitment. Oh, Wes, I want that. Well, yeah, join the club. Well, I want to do that, Wes. We'll join the club. There's a lot of people. I heard someone say this week, if it was easy, everybody would, would do it. A lack of commitment is the problem. I wrote down this. I saw Abraham Lincoln say this. Commitment is what transforms a promise into a reality. I mean, a lot of people want a lot of good things to happen, but it's commitment. It's commitment. If I get to point A, if I get from point A to point B, and you don't get to point A, from point A to point B, it's not because, we, it's not because of anything except for a lack of commitment, a lack of commitment. And all in people are committed when Cliff Young finished that race, by the way, he won $10,000. And you know what he did with it? He, he wrote five $2,000 checks and gave it to the people that fin the five guys that finished right behind him. Because he wasn't running it to make money, he was running it to finish it. And what I want to say to you today, I want to say to us as a community, is that we're going to run and we're going to be all in, but it's going to take commitment to finish the race. To be a follower of Jesus, it's easy to sign up. It costs Jesus his life. When we go all in with Jesus, we have to be committed to finishing the race. Matthew, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 6 is where we're going to be at um, for the remainder of our time together. And I want to give you a couple of things that I think are important for us as a, as a community about this idea of commitment. If you have a Bible, I'm going to start reading Mark chapter 6 and verse 30. That's a very familiar, very familiar verse to probably a lot of you guys in here today, a passive scripture, but I'd like to read it to you again. Mark chapter 6. In verse 30, the apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry toward. And they told him all that they had done and they, they had, that they had taught. And they got back. Then Jesus said, and let's go off by ourselves to get a quiet place and rest a while. I can't preach this very long, but if you, it's, 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 it's important to work hard. But I want you to know in here today, it's important for you to rest hard. It's important to work hard, but it's also important to, to rest hard. All of you guys that are going hard and you're working super, super hard and you're working long hours, that's fine. But it's important that you rest because when you don't rest, you make bad decisions. When you don't rest, you make bad decisions. And I, I, I just want you to know that today. He says, hey, guys, let's go take a break. Let's get a rest. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles did not have time to even eat a meal. It's important to eat. Come on, somebody. Verse 32, the Bible says this. So they left by foot for a quiet place. 
where they could be alone, but many people recognized them and they saw. They saw with their eyes. They saw them leaving. And people from many towns ran ahead along the shore and they got there ahead of them. People wanted to go where they were going. Verse 34, Jesus saw with, with his eyes, Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Jesus stops and began teaching them. Late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Verse 36, send them away so they can go on to nearby farms and villages and they can buy something to eat. But Jesus says, no, you guys, you feed them. I want you to feed them. And they're like, oh, we got a good plan. Let's send them away. They can go get their own lunch. They can go to whatever restaurant they want to and then they can come back to us and then we'll be able to help them We'll be able to help them <clears throat> some more. With that, they asked, we don't work. We, don't, we, ha- we have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. How much bread do you have, he said. And Jesus says to him in this passage of scripture, go and find out. Or he says, go in, go and see. Go and see because what Jesus knows that if these guys are going to do anything, that Jesus knows that commitment is a result of, of seeing. Commitment is a result of of seeing. They came back and they reported, we have five loaves of bread and two fish that they got from a little boy, stole some little kid's happy meal. Then Jesus told the disciples to have the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of 50 or 100, verse 41. So Jesus took the five loaves and two fish and he looked with his eyes up toward heaven and he blessed it. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute it. To the people. He also divided the fish for everyone to share. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish. A total of 5,000 men were fed, or men and their families were fed. If you know anything about this, this time, this, this day, that women weren't treated good, so they just counted the men. That we count the men, and so some theologians say there was 15 or even 20,000 people that were fed by a few loaves of bread and a couple, a couple of fish. And, and, and I want to talk to you guys today about, I've already told you a handful of times, but I want to talk to you today about, about vision. I, I, here's what I know about this passage of scripture that, that maybe you not know. It's going to go well with what we're talking about today. But I, I wrote down this, God does not see things the way you see things, but you can see things the way he sees things. Process that for a moment. God does not see things the way you see things, but you can see things the way he sees. He actually, get, he's actually has, God has the ability to give you the ability to see things the way that he sees, sees things. And so I want to talk to you guys today about, about vision. I, I really just have three things that I think that's important for us to, for us to grasp today about, about our vision and, and what we see. Because if we don't see right, we'll never ever commit right. And if we never ever see right, we'll never ever finish what God's called us to be. The Bible says that in Ephesians chapter 2, 8, 9, it's by grace that you're saved through faith. It's not about works, lest any man should boast. And then the very next verse that most people leave out, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, the Bible said, I've got a work prepared for you to do. I've got something set aside for Matt to do. I've got something, said, something set aside for John Beecham the first to do, John Wesley Beecham the second to do, and John Wesley Beecham the third to do, wherever he's at. Hopefully he's paying attention. And God has a work, for, God has a work prepared. I sit with Stefan every week and, and get my, my dome shaved, and God has a work prepared already set aside 
for, for, for Stefan to do. And, and Stefan's work is not the same as my work, and my work is not the same as, as Brittany Gunn's work. And, and we, all have a, we all have a work to do. God's got a plan set aside for every single person in this way, but we'll never, ever make a decision to do it. We'll never, ever make a commitment to follow through it if we don't see things the way that God sees things. I wanna, I'm going to give you three really quick things today. Three really quick things. I'm going to invite Gabe to come up. Committed people see differently. Committed people see differently. They just, they just don't see the way that everybody else sees things. They just sometimes like, man, how did you even see that? Like, where did that even, where did that even come from? This guy that I was shooting with this week, he, he would get right behind me, and, and, I, and I would put my gun up, on, gun up on, my, on my shoulder, and I would aim it, and he would stand right behind me, and he would watch me follow the target. He goes, Wes, you've got you to gotta follow. He's like, you've got you to gotta see differently, and he could see differently than I could see. Number one, he could actually see because he, had a, he knew which eye was his dominant eye, and I did it. But he'd get right behind me, and he, would, he, could, he could see it. He could see it differently. And I want you to notice that perspective's everything. These guys are like, Jesus, we don't have anything. We're tapped out. We're done. We don't have anything. But Jesus said, hey, guys, where's your commitment at? You guys need to see it. I want you guys to see it differently. I want you guys to see, yes, there's, there's thousands of men out there. And, 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 yes, they don't have no food. But I want you to, if you look a little bit differently, I want you to, I want you to see it differently. If you, if you want to figure out which eye you're dominant, and then you, you basically make a triangle with your, with your, with your hands like this. And, and you put it out further. And as you get closer, one of your eyes is, is more drawn to the middle of that. And that's how you find out which eye is your dominant. you got to see you got to see differently. I, I love spending time with entrepreneurs because entrepreneurs, they just see things differently. They don't see opposition. They see opportunity. I saw Matt post a picture this week of a, of a friend at his school that he helped get through this, this, um, this obstacle course for the very, very, very first time. And I realized this about entrepreneurs and I realized this about committed people, that we don't see people problems. We see potential. A lot of times when I come, people come up to me, I had a, had a mom this week come to our house, Diane and I just defeated, and she said, here's my problems, and I don't see a person, I see, I see potential, because committed people see differently. Committed people see differently. Do you see things where everybody else sees things? Because if you see things where everybody else sees everything, I can already let you know, and I can already, you can know that your commitment isn't what God has for you. Your level of commitment is not where God wants it. God wants it to me. I spent some time with Randy yesterday, and I said, Randy, I want to, I want to run this by you. There's some things I run by Randy that I need to run by Randy, and there's some things that I would tell somebody that I would tell different people. But I, I, because I, I know this, when it comes to doing what we're doing in, in, this, in, this, in this stream of things, he sees it differently. He sees it. We see it the same, but he sees it differently the way I see it. I see it differently. The way I see it differently. Perspectives, everything. Here's the second thing. Committed people see beyond. Committed people, they see beyond. And what I realized about the disciples that day, the disciples, they could not see beyond the problem, but Jesus could. Now, these are gonna sound really different today. They're gonna sound very similar today, but I'm gonna try to unpack them briefly so you can see. But I want you to know the first one is that committed people, they see differently, but committed people, they actually see they actually see beyond. They actually see beyond the problem. They actually see, they see beyond, they see beyond where we're going. When I, when I see this in here today and I see this opportunity that we have here today and I see you guys come here and I don't see Sunday mornings only. I see beyond, beyond Sunday mornings. To be honest with you today, yesterday was, was I, I like yesterday more than I like this morning. 
I'd rather do serve days every single Saturday, which probably Matt would say, yeah, I'll do that with you too. Like, I'd rather do Saturday serve days on Sunday mornings from 10.30. I would rather go out and be the church than sometimes come and sit and listen and, and be a part of this. I love the worship. I love to teach the Bible. I love all those things, but I like to, I like to serve. But I, I see beyond Sunday morning. Sunday morning is not the destination for me. I, I see down the road. I'm seeing five years. I'm seeing 10 years. And that's because of what God's, what God's put in my heart. My level of commitment is not to launch. I remember when we launched this church and we had one Sunday, I was like, this is awesome. We spent $25,000 for one Sunday for just the marketing. How many of you business owners would love to have $25,000 a week just to spend on marketing? Come on, somebody. Like, that would be awesome. Come on, I'll take it. Matt's like, yo, bro, you got that for me? Speak that into my life. I receive it, you know? But I realized this, that was big. And then I got done with Sunday. I'm like, 1230 happened. We had two band, two band members, right? As soon as an end come to Diana and say, hey, we're out. And she's like, we want to go tell Wes. And she's like, please don't go tell him. He's so excited about today. That'll just crush his little spirit, you know? And, and uh, I, I went, he went to meet these two kids. And he said, hey, we're done. I was like, dang it. I was like, you guys can leave. I don't care, you know? And then I went and cried in a corner. But I realized this, I didn't, I didn't really see beyond the first Sunday. I'll be honest with you today. I can say it now because I'm two years in. But I didn't see beyond the first Sunday. I realized, man, I got to do this again next Sunday. Where's my 25K for next Sunday? How many of you know like, I was looking for it? You know, like I realized that I had to see, I had to see beyond. I had to see beyond. And, and Jesus, what Jesus saw, what the, the disciples didn't see is Jesus saw beyond. Jesus said, hey, if we can feed him now, then we can go further together. We can do, we can do more together. We got done with serve day yesterday. And I like to tell you that I was super excited about that. And I was, but I actually got mad because one of the people on the front row, I'm not gonna mention any names, um, Whitney, but she's like, hey, next, next time, let's do 20,000 meals. I'm like, 20,000 meals, that's a lot more money, Whitney. <laughs> I'm like, can you underwrite it, you know? And I didn't ask her, but I'm kind of asking her right now, but I'm like, it costs a lot of money. Randy came to me and goes, how much does this cost? I'm like, it costs a lot of money. Like, it costs a lot of money, but did you, how many of you guys would guess that this would feed about four people? How many of you guys rate this would feed about four people? Yeah, that's, that's about, that's probably what, how many of you guys would think it'd feed about five or six people? Some of you guys are like, dude, I might raise my hand. I'm in church. I'm ex-Baptist. I'm not raising my hand. It's just not, I'm not doing it. So quit asking. This will feed 12 people. Is my math right? I know they told us yesterday, right? I don't want to be a liar up here. I don't want to be a liar on purpose. On accident, I'm okay with it. Per- this will feed 12 people. But here's what I know. Here's what I like, here's what I like about and Witt's an entrepreneur and she's a committed all-in type of person. But you know what I, she, here's what I realized. She's not seeing how much that costs. Because committed people, don't, they don't even look at the cost sometimes. Whitney already sees where this is going. She already sees it going into the home and to a, a person that they can't even make it. Because there's people in Central Florida, we packed 13,000 meals a day, you know where they're all going? They're staying in Central Florida. Did you know that there are poor people in Central Florida? You might have not known that because you're like, well, I, I punch my four numbers in, I go into my gated community, I come out and go to my job and make my X amount of dollars. And I do the same thing and then I get out of the internet, I go to Disney and I'm not knocking Disney because I'm gonna go there too this week because my kids are out of school. But then you come back home and you go to the restaurant you go to and you don't realize that there's people out there they can't afford to go out and buy a meal. Do you know how much this costs our church? I think this costs us 25 cents. Yesterday cost us $3,500. Did you know this? I didn't ask you guys, I didn't ask anybody to give more to that. I just knew that, I just see, I saw beyond 
the, what the cost was. I saw beyond it. So I had one person come to me and say, hey, here's $500. I had another person come to me and say, here's $1,200. I had someone pull me aside last week and say, hey, we want to give you a check. God's blessing us. We just want to give you a check for $2,500. Did you guys know that was the exact amount that we needed that we never asked for, for how much yesterday was going to cost? Isn't that awesome? Because here's what I've realized. Here's what I've come to realize. I, used to, I, I am so like strategic. I want to be strategic. God's like, bro, throw your strategery. <laughs> I have no word, but put your strategy in the garbage. Because I don't need your I don't need your strategies. I don't need your good ideas. I just need you to just be obedient. Clay tells me all the time, Wes, quit marking, just keep preaching the Bible. Quit marking, keep preaching the Bible. I'm like, well, Clay, I'm like, if I preach the Bible and I mark it, I can help God. God needs my help. And he's like, God doesn't need your help, bro. I'm like, well, I'm gonna help him anyways, Clay. Just trust me. I've been this for two years. I know you've been in business a lot longer than now, but let me try it, Clay. I know you're coming from wisdom, I'm coming from stupidity, and I'm just gonna let me try it. Committed people see beyond. They don't just see the, the need. They actually see, they see beyond. The guys that gave to make this thing happen yesterday, they saw, they saw beyond. They saw beyond. We see differently, committed people see differently, but they actually see, they see beyond. They can see beyond the need. They can see beyond the problem. They can see down the road a little bit. They actually can see, they can see further. They can see further. Last year, um, we did a Heart for the House offering. And, um, and we, we did it last year, and, and basically for the next, as long as our church is alive, we're going to do what's called a Heart for the House offering. And that Heart, heart for the House will be the second Sunday in December. And what happens is that once a year, we ask you guys to give above and beyond our, our tithes and, and your, your normal. And we ask you one time a year to, to give greater. Just, just if you could sacrifice something extra, you can just do a little bit more. And we never put a dollar amount on that. We, we never do. We went out at once. We didn't put a dollar amount last year. We're like, hey, let's just see what happens. Let's just pray and believe that God can do something. So I've already been praying about the number that God's put on my heart to, to give. And, and I, I think already it's probably too low because I already got a number and like God don't work with that. He's like, usually it's more the closer we get to it. And so I thought it was high enough, but he's just, he was like, hey, let's hang on to that. Don't write that check yet. I'm like, come on. But I know this, that we're going we're gonna to give this one time extra and we're going to use it to reach more people, which is all we're, everything, everything we're doing is like, we're trying to leverage all we have to reach beyond. We wanna go, we wanna go beyond. We wanna reach more people. Every dollar that comes into this house, we can attach it to changing lives. We can reach more people. I was with my friends, I was with my friends this week, some passion, like, hey, once your church building is 55% full, people quit coming. Once it's 55% full. I said, that's the number, that's, the, that's our, the biggest church in the country, they use number 55%, and once they get 55%, they start another, another service. We're gonna reach more people, we're going to a 9 a.m., we're going to a 9 a.m. service, and, and God's doing some things behind scenes, I think he's doing something really, really big, and I, I hope he's doing something really, really big, and I, he's showing me some things I'm, I'm kind of afraid that he's showing me, and, and Diane and I are talking about some things, I'm like, I don't even know this is possible, but basically, I just know this, that we, we can see beyond but one, one, one experience on Sunday morning, we can see we can see further. We can see, we can see beyond. So we see differently. We see beyond. Would you just pray? Can I ask you to do something? Would you just pray that, that God would allow you to be a part of that? I mean, I don't think he's gonna say no to you, but just ask him to just pray and ask for you to be a part of that, to be a part of something big, to be a part of something that's life-changing for a lot of lives. Would you just pray for that? And then here's the third thing. Committed people see differently. Committed people see beyond. And committed people, they see, 
they see more. They see more. Unpack that from West. Okay, I will. You know, when they, um, <clears throat> when these guys in this story, they couldn't see. They just saw, right? They're like, we, there's a lot of people here, God. And they couldn't see beyond. They couldn't see over. They just, they, they couldn't. And God's like, well, what, guys, I want to, there's a kid out there with a little bit of fish and a little bit of bread. Go find him. And he's going to help us out because we're better together. Like, we can do this together. You know, packaging 13,000 meals would take a long time if it was one person. That one person would still be there. But if you get about 30 or 40 people in a room, one really, really annoyingly competitive table, two people, two other tables that just want to serve Jesus and love God, and this bunch of heathens, and you, and you put them all in the same room, we could, we could do something and we all get in the same room together. If we all get in the same room together, we can do something. We can do something, do something incredible. And, but I, I, I realize this, that beyond is, is that way. You can, you can see beyond. A lot of times we, we see beyond, but committed people, they don't just see beyond. They actually see more. They can see more. They can see, uh, they can, their, their view is, is wider. It's wider. You ever met someone who was a, who was a professional pessimistic person? Their view, their view is about this narrow. And the only time for them to see something over there is for them to turn their view <laughs> over there. But a committed person can see a little bit further. They can see a 180. They can see a, a wider, a, they can almost see a, a panoramic view of what's going on. They can just, they just see, they just see more. They see differently. They can see beyond and they can just see more. They can just see more. And so Jesus says, sit down. And as they sat down, it helped the disciples to see beyond because they were sitting now. He's like, hey, sit down because the disciples, they were overwhelmed. Like, God, help us out some. Throw us, like, help us a little bit. Like, he's like, sit down. And now they can see beyond. And then he wanted to help them see more. So you know what he did? He, they, they saw beyond. They saw it differently because he helped them with it. He's like, hey, I want you to see it differently, guys. Okay, got it, God. I want to see beyond. So you guys sit down. But here's how he helped them see more. He says, okay, guys, you guys got it. Like, cuddle up. That was awesome. You guys did a good job. I'm proud of you guys. You listened. Good job. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go and pick up the leftovers. Because of what I want you to see with God is, when you commit to him, there will always be more. You can, there's more guys. It's not just about the five and, and, the, and the, it's not about going to find a different way to find food. It's not about just seeing beyond them, but I want you to see that there's always more with God. Well, Wes, if I give to the heart for the house offering, then I'm not gonna have less. You're actually not gonna have less. You're actually gonna have, you're gonna have more. I've tried to communicate to you guys as best way as I can, but God's economy does not work the way our economy works. We think keep, take, get more and we have more. And what you will find, if you're honest, the more you keep, take and keep and, and, and hold on to it, you realize you actually have less. It goes somewhere, you know? It just goes, it just disappears. But if you give and you give and you serve and you love and you help people and you use God's economy, you'll always find that you're, there's actually, there's always more. And I don't think that's just me. I, I, I see a lot of people that experience a, a more kind of God, a more kind of God. So I, I want you to just do a little, little survey today with your life and ask yourself the question, am I, am I committed to God? You know what? A lot of people, a lot of churches get up here and they, they preach these sermons like this and, and, and talk like the way I'm sharing with you guys. And like, all right, here's what we're going to go and do. And here's what I know. 
when we're committed to God, we'll be committed to the church. When we're committed to God and we're buying into what God's doing, we'll be committed to a church. We just will. It just, it's just the logical, it's just the way that this thing goes. How's your vision? Are you having a hard time? Like, if your vision's not good, you can't see differently and you can't see more and you're so stuck on this little thing, then ask yourself, how's my commitment? How's my commitment doing? Is my commitment poor? Is my commitment low? Because the more you're committed, it's attached to your vision. Commitment's attached to your, attached to your vision. Um, I love this community. I love you guys, and God's gonna do a great thing in your life. I, but what I want more than anything is for us to be committed to God. This church will take care of itself. This church will take care of itself. And we'll we all do our part. If we all lock in with God, He'll bring the increase. He'll do abundantly more than we can ask for a thing like it says in Ephesians chapter 3. I invite you to bow your head and close your eyes.